1: Hello and welcome to Off The Beaten Track Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Stu Whiffin. It's another week, therefore it's another episode. Today's episode, oh, you're in for an absolute treat today. I sit down with actor Laura Checkley and Laura of King Gary, uh, Military Wives, so much more stuff. And we, we, we get into Laura's career, obviously, as we work our way through her creative journey and the songs that have soundtracked it. And before we get onto that Natter, um, just a few thank yous. A big thank you to Scroobius Pip and everybody at the Distraction Pieces Network. I'd also like to thank 76 for producing this podcast. And if this is your first time listening to Off The Beaten Track, when you finish listening to this Ace Chat with Laura, um, at the end, go and have a rummage in the archives and, and see who else I've spoken to because I've spoke to some wonderful actors, Maxine Peake, uh, Amanda Abington, Michael Smiley, uh, musicians such as Fatboy Slim, Tommy Lee of Motley Crew, Melanie C of the Spice Girls. There's stacks. So go and have it. And if you, like com- if you like your comedy, then who else have I had on? Comedians, James Acaster, Ed Gamble, Jade Adams... The list goes on, so the best thing you can do once you finish this uh, episode is go and have a, a little look and see which ones tickle your fancy. Uh, and if you'd like to support the podcast, then there's a Patreon that accompanies it where I put up three or four radio shows each week and video episodes and bespoke one-off episodes and stuff over there. Um, and you can find out about all of this stuff at www.offthebeatandtrackpodcast.com. That's beat and, not beaten. Beat and Track Okay, let's get on with today's chat. It gives me great pleasure to say enjoy Off the Beat and Track Podcast with the wonderful Laura Checkley. It's Off the Beat and Track Podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. With me, Stu him. Okay, we are recording. It is uh, it's the twenty first of January. Uh, sitting opposite me today via the means of Zoom, Laura Checkley. You all right? I'm all right. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. It's uh, well, I'm not good. I'm just kind of getting on with it, I guess. The same as as most people, I'm I'm pretty sure. Have you before we talk records? I should I should kind of do that conversation now because no one really talks about the weather anymore, do they? It's just it's straight no. to the kind of COVID chat now. So. Yeah. I just wonder how you found the last sort of ten, eleven months, Laura, as 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 just as a human being, and you know, as as a you know, professionally, how have you found it? So
2: it's it's a weird one because professionally, I've I've had a sort of all right year, all things considered. Um, done a little bit of filming, which has broken up the monotony. Um, and uh, did a, a little uh, stint at the National Theatre before it sort of got closed down again. So, strangely, an okay year professionally, but um, personally, like I think like everyone, it's it's been it's been like a roller coaster, isn't it? Some days you wake up, you're fine, mm. and then other days you can't even be bothered to get out of the bed. Yeah. Um, so you know, I'm walking. Um, I've discovered loads of my local area, which I'd never have done had I not been forced into lockdown, having walks down streets and going, oh, I never knew this was here. I'd lived here, you know, five years. Yeah.
1: Walks. Mad. Walks has become a thing, hasn't it? I just think, I'm 47, am I too young to be doing walks? Like, is it a matter of time before, I, you know, I've got a bag of Werther's Originals in my pocket as well when I'm going? I know, <laughs>
2: I know, I know. Unless you've got a dog, you think you don't walk, do you? <laughs> sort of like, unless you... That's it. And I've, I've been really enjoying a walk, but, yeah, and I can't work out whether that is because I'm middle-aged now or whether it's just because it's, we're, we're appreciating the small stuff now.
1: And, and touching on that, the small stuff as well, have you found that when you go out for walks, I mean, uh, where, where are you at the moment, Laura? Where's, where's home? I'm in
2: South London, Crystal Palace.
1: So, I don't know, I mean, I, I, I'm, in, I'm in Essex, and, and generally, if you, you walk down the street and a stranger says hello to you a year and a half ago, you, you, you're on your back foot a little bit worried. But for me, it feels, as soon as we went into lockdown people are also missing that human connection. It feels to me that, like, everybody's kind of saying hello and good morning there, and I hope that's – I don't know if you've experienced that, but –
2: Yeah, it started to happen a little bit, but I feel like – I mean, London's different, isn't it, I think? um, It's certainly around my local park, you know, the the odd smile and and stuff. Um, But, no, I'm not getting any hellos, but then I keep my head down. Yeah. I'm like, I don't want anyone to see me. Doesn't in the old trackies, and I'm wash my hair in a week. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of like when I'm out having a walk, I don't want anyone to bother me. I'm a bit of a grump, so maybe that's it. Um, no one says hello to me or good morning.
1: I'm literally waving like a maniac at anyone. <laughs> oh,
2: that's so hey, nice. <laughs> that's really
1: nice. But I've got a dog, so that makes me look less of a maniac. I think.
2: Yeah, when I used to have a dog, you'd talk to everyone, wouldn't you? Because yeah. they'd come up, pat the dog, or, you know, you'd talk to other people with dogs.
1: Exactly. But you're in
2: Essex, so it's probably a little more friendlier there than it is Maybe in We'll keep ourselves to ourselves a bit here.
1: Okay, let's talk records. Um, for track one, Laura, I'm going to ask you the song that you think's got the greatest ever intro, please.
2: So, uh, immediately, what sprung to mind, because, well, it's I'm Coming Out, Diana Ross – and it's got nearly. I look. I was. I was listening to it today, actually, because I thought, oh, I'm, you know, all my song choices are quite cheesy. But I was. I played it, and I thought, no, I stand by this. This is excellent. It's. It's nearly a minute long. That intro, and it's that drum beat, that do da 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 da, and it's so stirring. And I just. I just remember the time being in like gay or wherever I was, and just waiting for that to kick in. Yeah. The, the, to, for the chorus to kick in, the beginning to kick in. And that drum beat, is just so stirring. It's brilliant. And I'd it immediately sprung to mind. And um, I had to think about some others. Like, I I love uh, National Express Divine Comedy intro. Oh, what a record. Ba, 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 da, ba. That's a brilliant <laughs> intro. Uh, and those are the two that sprung to mind. But the, I think for me, coming, I'm coming out, Dinah Ross. And also, you know, being a youngster growing up, being gay, it had all of that. Attachment to it as well, so you know, screaming it out in a gay club when I was younger was just like heaven, you know.
1: Yeah, and oh, Dinah ross is an absolute gay icon as well, isn't she? She's just yeah. like absolute gold. And that song, the minute like her vocal first kicks in, because before, if, correct me if I'm wrong, before it all kicks in, does she just kind of sing like "I'm coming"? Before, yeah, it, it's the first uh,
2: thing. Yeah, yeah. It, it, you hit her, "I'm coming." Yeah. yeah, and it's just brilliant. It's that drum beat. And actually she says it a couple of times. You're just waiting and waiting. Yeah. And it's about 50 seconds long, I think, that intro.
1: It's really it's- weird. Like, you're saying that about long intros. i kind of had a few of the recent podcasts I've done, I've had guests that have kind of chose songs that have got long intros like that. And when, as soon as I think of I'm coming out by Dinah Ross, I just think that's just an absolute disco pop gem of a record. Yeah. But apparently now to get on Radio 1 you've got to get to the vocal within like something like 17 seconds and you've got to get to the chorus by X amount of time or, or you don't get playlisted. So it's crazy the kind of sort of, the, you know, the, the generations, you know, before now that have grown up with yeah, great records like that, you're yeah. not going to, you know, things like that wouldn't get on the radio now. It's just, whether that's just because attention spans are getting shorter and shorter with TikTok and all of these, kind of things just moving so fast like pop songs now just getting shorter and shorter and yeah for
0: me though
2: it's that anticipation of it starting just waiting for it to drop yeah and then you know everyone it's (laughs) (laughs)
0: It's
2: just just the best i often i'm always i'll always air to a song that makes me feel good it's the sort of family that i come from um i I don't often pop a song on to wallow um i might pop that's interesting yeah, I don't know if it's the working class in me, but I've grown up around a lot of Chaz and Dave, and I've up with a lot of Chaz and Dave. So for me, like, the that, that disco, the feel-good songs, I'll always gravitate towards.
1: Yeah. It's so weird. It's like, I, I often ask guests this, that, you know, if they're feeling a bit blue, do they, like, literally then lean towards, you know, something more sombre and, and kind of, you know, just... Sort of wallow in that emotion for a bit. I love the fact that you reach straight for Goethe and Rabbit. <laughs>
2: yeah, right. I do. Yeah. Or, you know, pop a little bit of uh, Ain't No Pleasing You on if you want to have a up, you know?
1: but, <laughs> um
2: yeah I, I, yeah, I listen. I've got my Joni Mitchells all tucked away and all that, and I pop that on. But that's often if I'm having a walk, like nowadays, and, you know, a little bit of I want it to, I want to be a bit sort of provoked in my thoughts. So I'll have a little. Yeah, but often I, I, I yeah, I'm like, a, no, come on, get out of it. Pop something fun on and um, feel good.
0: Life is full of awesome what ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.
1: Hiring for your small business? If you're not
0: looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place.
1: Uh, well, this is, I guess, uh, we, we're going to get to something possibly with uh, a, a tinge of sadness. Um, a f- the first song, please, Laura, do you remember hearing had an emotional impact on you.
2: It's funny, isn't it? Because immediately I thought, this song that I thought of, I just, I, I tried to sort of go, no, maybe I should pick something cooler. But, you know, it is what it is. And I was, I think i maybe 14 at the time. And obviously it, it might have been the movie that came along with it, but it's Wind, Wind Beneath My Wings by Bette Midler um and uh my, my best friend and I uh my childhood friend who I'm still friends with uh, we watched it and uh, I'll never forget
1: is this beaches Laura
2: yeah oh, sorry yeah. beaches yeah watching yeah. beaches and uh Wind Beneath My Wings obviously comes on uh just and it just comes in underneath as she's dying her best friend's dying and um it just really got me and I mean, I love Bette Midler. I'm a huge fan. I saw her live. Um, Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. She's incredible. Um, You know, I'm a big, I'm a big musical theatre geek as well. I I originally trained in musical theatre before I went over to comedy. Um, And um, so I, I, you know, Bette Midler grew up listening to her, and um, yeah, and, and when "Beneath My Wings" was the first time I remember a, a song really moving me, and I think it's because being younger, I could connect to losing a best friend and how that would feel, and um, yeah, and then at, you know, at drama school, we used to pop it on if we like needed a good cry, we, like should pop Beaches on, yeah, I need a really good cry, we'll pop Beaches on. <laughs> but yeah, so I think it's all the all of it that goes with it—the movie and the story that is connected to it. Um, but yeah, that it, it's that. As cheesy as it sounds. And so
1: to pinpoint that emotion, that, that would have been what? Sort of sadness? Sorrow?
2: So, oh, sadness. Like a grief that I hadn't really experienced because I hadn't really lost anyone at that age as a as a youngster. So it's the first feeling of that, wow, that's what it would feel like. And I can imagine losing my best friend and how that would feel. Yeah, it was like a grief. It really – and and I think it's a beautiful piece of music, you know, with any – great hit it gets overplayed and people get sick of it and it loses its sort of impact a bit um but uh yeah it's it's it, it will always sort of get me really when i if i think about it too much and too hard if i think about the movie as well
1: and so where where was home there laura where did you grow up
2: i grew up in hounslow in west london um yeah and i was there right through till I went to drama school and then I was up in North London for drama school and then after drama school moved to South London. I've stayed here. I love it in South London. And so, yeah, Hounslow. Hounslow.
1: How, how was Hounslow growing up?
2: Um, I such fond memories, um, but m- not much happened there. And I, yeah, I, I sort of couldn't wait to get out. Really, Hounslow's sort of just before Heathrow Airport, so it always felt like everyone was passing through. Um, you know the uh, the school I went to weren't particularly great. Um, like it tried its best, but it weren't a great school. I wasn't particularly ac- academic either. Um, so yeah, I I I sort of survived school and got through. Yeah, I just wanted to get out the minute I could. But I always knew right from the youngsters that I wanted to perform. So for me, you know, I needed to get to London. I needed to go and you know do what I wanted to do. But yeah, I went to a, like a local dance school in Hounslow. So yeah, it was um, interesting place. Like kept your head down a bit round there.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know. Well, 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 you've just mentioned school, so 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 let's let's get on to that because for track three, I'm going to ask you the song that reminds you of your time at school, please.
2: So the, school, the so that I'll I'll just say it's Salt and Pepper, which I was a huge fan of Salt and Pepper, mm-hmm. um, and it's Let's Talk About Sex. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which I know all the rap to, every single word. Um, and uh, yeah, they, I was quite young when I discovered them. I've got older brothers and sisters and uh, they used to li- listen to loads of different sort of... Like, but my sister particular, liked a lot of R&B and, and yeah, and I, I heard them and I was like, wow, that's amazing just hearing women rap and they were so ballsy. And, and I just wanted to like, I don't know, I just wanted to be them. I, I was obsessed with girl bands growing up you know I went from salt and pepper to banana rama to you know spice girls i loved them all i loved every girl band going eternal um like just loved them but salt and pepper let's talk about sex and i i would do the rap in the playground thinking i was really the shit you know like just <laughs> you know like this little white girl rapping like you know just ridiculous but i i i, I yeah i just loved them i just and i i, I just thought they were so cool um, and I was obsessed with all like MC Hammer and you know, all those years. I, I mean, when Salt and Pepper, that when was that released? No, I think it was 1990. Let's talk yeah. about sex. So I'd have been about 10, 11, bit young. And I don't know why I decided to learn the, all the lyrics to let's talk about sex and not like push it or something. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> but like, let's talk about sex. But I, you, you know, you stop the cassette, write down another word, another sentence, and play it again. Yeah write the next bit down, stop it. And it took me so long to learn the lyrics. Nowadays, you can pop on YouTube, can't you, and get all the lyrics yeah, up. Yeah. And, or, you, or you might be lucky enough to have the lyrics in the sleeve of the the record sometimes, didn't yeah. you? But this one, I didn't. I just had to keep stopping the cassette, writing it down. And bit by bit, I learned it. And I've never forgotten. And and now, it's like, you know, if I get on karaoke, I do Let's Talk About Sex, Salt and Pepper, because I know the rap.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> but you, you mentioned that you was rapping in the playground. Uh when you was sort of ten years old, and um, and obviously to see where you've gone now to doing to doing theatre and 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 you know and and, and huge TV shows, um, was you a confident kid?
2: Yeah, I was the youngest of four, like two stepsisters, one brother. Um, yeah, I was confident. Yeah, I was. I was a bit of a joker, you know, always doing a bit of physical comedy. Yeah, I was, and I used to do a lot of impressions growing up, and. You know, because of going to a rough school, you, fight, you have to find your ways somehow. And I learned to make people laugh. And that way I wouldn't get picked on. Yeah. But I played a lot of football as well. So I was really good mates with the boys and I was good at football. So I managed to sort of manoeuvre my way by sort of being funny, outgoing and, you know, playing football and keeping out of trouble. Um, yeah.
1: Is that something that you considered doing like to a higher level football? Um, or was you always yeah, focused yeah. on? Uh... No,
2: I, when I was at school, I was playing for Brentford. I got uh, scouted. Um, me and, funnily enough, another girl at my school, we we had quite a good football team. So it's just a few girls that could really play well and that was at primary school i loved my primary school and we went and did um five aside for like what we call junior b's which was brentford mm-hmm. and then as we got older we were playing for them so yeah and then i got scouted and asked to do a trial for arsenal wow. i didn't yeah i never went why um, do you know what uh, good question i always wonder like what if i'd have gone because my path may have gone completely the other way um I, at the time was dancing loads, doing like loads of Amdram. And my mum wasn't, my mum was keen for me to follow that. She felt like that was a better direction. And football at the time, you, you couldn't get paid unless you went to Spain or America. Yeah, I mean, now of course you can get paid, but back then it was like, it was a hobby. Yeah. You know, you, you got a job and you did football on the side. Um, so I, yeah, I, I I didn't go, and my my manager at the time called me and said, "You're mad. I think you could play for England." In the end, but I didn't go. So who knows? Um, so yeah, sliding doors moment. I wonder if I do often wonder what would happen if I went. But
1: well, imagine yeah. it. Yeah, that's crackers. But I mean, you've done all right.
2: <laughs> yeah, and I think in the end I chose right because actually I've got yeah. a really picky knee. And I think I'd have been really injury-bound.
1: There you go. So,
2: yeah, so I do, yeah. But, yeah, no, I still like, you know, if there's a football knocking about, especially on set, you know, a lot of the crew and stuff, well, I mean, back before, you know, pre-COVID days, we'd mm. have a football match and lunch break and whatever. And, you know, I'd, you know, I'd show them a few skills. Um, Embarrass them a bit, you know. Well, <laughs> well, I guess,
1: like, you know, both, you know, the acting and, and football are both incredibly... Um. Difficult sectors to excel in, and, and and you know, and get success in. So, uh, aside from sort of being confident, are you driven, Laura?
2: Yeah, I think you have to be. Um, yeah, I'm very driven. I've, I've I've had you know, like really, my my career started to go well in the latter sort of years. You know, and I'm I'm you know I'm 41 now, and really things started to kick off me in my sort of mid 30s, really um and I didn't come to TV till I was about 31 um uh yeah I I, I used to do musical theatre and then I, I felt like it wasn't right for me I spent seven years did some West End shows and I just wasn't happy I just was so desperate to make people laugh so I just stopped it and walked away from it and went to Edinburgh with a comedy partner and we did three Edinburgh shows and and I did. I wasn't working in that time. I was, you know, working in a theatre front of house selling ice cream and and working with my dad who had a cleaning business. Um, do, and then I was doing a bit of decorating on the side. I was doing everything, um, and you know, doing Edinburgh shows. Certainly, producing your own Edinburgh shows cost a lot of money, and yeah. I didn't. You know, my parents didn't have any money, so yeah, it's been a, it's been a, it's been a slog. And I think you have to you have to work hard um you know getting where I am today has not been luck yeah like without sounding like you know an arsehole it it hasn't it's been hard work and you know like when when the moment comes proving your worth and letting your obviously letting your work speak for itself of course there's talent and all of that but it's like with football you you can have a really talented footballer but if they don't work hard enough they won't make it you know, I I knew a couple of boys growing up that were both playing for Chelsea, boys, and one of them was really, he worked really, really hard. The other one didn't. The other one phased away, didn't play professional football, and the other one did really, really well. Yeah. Neither of which were better than each other, talent-wise. He just had more drive and worked really hard and did extra hours. And I do think it that does pay off. It does.
1: It's, 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 you know, it's it's the character, isn't it, that that, that that's going to shine through. You know, he's if you've got that kind of mindset where you're prepared to kind of push that little bit harder and and put that extra hour in, that's always going to make you shine, isn't it?
2: Definitely. 100%. Yeah.
1: Did you enjoy school?
2: No, I couldn't wait for it to finish. I couldn't wait for it to end. When I went to, I, I, as soon as I finished my GCSEs, Um, I got out of there and I'd heard about this place called the Brit school, which is like, it's like the only non fee paying performing arts college around. And I thought I'm auditioning for that. I'm getting in there. And I did, I got in there um, and, and that I loved it. And it was like hitting, you know, fame. (laughs) It's like the school fame. And, you know, all these amazing musicians in like the foyer um, playing guitar. And yeah, it was just an incredible place. Um, It's, it's an amazing place actually. Um, so yeah, I I but I hated normal school, really. It was it was just like survival for me, really. It wasn't enjoyable at all. And I wasn't academic. It was difficult. You know, I sort of enjoyed drama a bit, but still thought it was a little bit boring because it was too academic. You know, I just wanted to keep acting, not write about it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um so, yeah, so I enjoyed junior school, but senior school was tricky. And, of course, you know, I was struggling with my sexuality and growing up in Hounslow, being a working-class girl back in the 90s wasn't the one, you know. It was yeah. hard. It was tricky. So I had all of that going on. So that did, was...
1: Did that get easier when you sort of got to, to Brit school?
2: It took time, you know. I didn't, I didn't come out till I sort of nearly graduated drama school. So Brit school... Yeah, that was that was tricky cuz I was doing what I loved and I was with like-minded people. Um everyone was quite driven so they, you know, of course some had boyfriends, some didn't. It wasn't the chat like at school it's all about getting a boyfriend, sure. isn't it? Who's going out with who and but yeah, when moving into that more performing arts sector everyone was like just more obsessed with performing and, you know, it was people had other things so yeah. you could kind of not think about it. So no, it didn't get any easier. Until I was ready, really, until I fell in love with my first girlfriend. So, yeah, school was, like, just ducking and diving. That's all I think about is I just kept my head down. Yeah. But it was a a rough school as well. So there was that, you know, it was like, look at someone the wrong way. You were suddenly having a fight, you know. There's a fight every day in my school. Yeah. But, you know, I wouldn't change it now. I wouldn't change any of it because it's made me who I am. Completely. You know, like...
1: Well, let's let's stay in those uh, the, those early years for for the next track and for track four, Laura. I'm going to ask you the first song you remember buying from a record shop, please.
2: So you're smiling because I sent you the list early.
1: <laughs> this and is no always one the say. one that shit. This has to be the embarrassing one. Always. No one has a cool one that's here. That's
2: it. That's it. It can't be cool, can it? Like I was I was eight or nine, I think, when this came out, and I bought it on a record. You know, you could buy a single on a record. And it was, I should be so lucky, Kylie Minogue. And I don't care. I'm not ashamed to admit it. I was obsessed. I was obsessed with Kylie and Jason combined. Mm-hmm. I had, I, you remember that album, especially for you? Not album, their single they yeah. did, sorry, for you. And that picture on the, the front sleeve, I had a big poster of that, literally the size of an entire bedroom wall. And it was above my bed. And I used to kiss them both. <laughs> I used to, like, stand on my bed and kiss them both. It's like, who do I love more, Kylie
1: or Jason? <laughs>
2: and I was obsessed. And, of course, Neighbours was huge back in the day. Um, so, yeah, and I loved all of Kylie's records. I've actually still got some, actually. I found them uh, really recently when I was just having a clear out. And um, a lot of her B-sides were instrumentals, so mm. not even another track. It was just an instrumental. And, of course, I loved that because I could sing along to it, you know. I, uh,
1: I went through a, a, I, was, I was chatting to my mate the other day and we were talking about – Kylie and I thought well I'm gonna go and because at the time I would have been uh, around that sort of 88 89 when everything was stuck hiking and Waterman, everything was Kylie yeah. Jason and, and Sonia Sonya. And, and Big Fun <laughs> <coughs> yeah, Big
2: and... <laughs> Fun. oh my god I love Big Fun <laughs>
1: um and I remember I was probably about 18 19 so I was like oh what is this it's just shit you know I, I found the stone roses I'm not listening to this shit and I went back <laughs> And I listened to those early Kylie singles. And Better the Devil You Know, is so good. It's Such a tune. Step Back in Time. So good.
2: Such a tune. I've got that. I've got that on singles still. It's mm. by my record player.
1: Yeah. yeah.
2: And, and, and did you know, like, I was, like, a big fan. And I'd read somewhere when I was younger, like, if you slowed down on the record, if you slowed the speed down on Kylie Minogue, she sounds like Rick Astley. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you now, guys, if you've got a record player and you've got a, you've got a Kylie single, pop it on there, slow it down. Apparently she sounds like – and I thought she did. I did do it a few times. I thought she sounded a bit like Jason Donovan as well, slowed down. But maybe that was the Stock Aitken and Waterman thing. Maybe they all sort of put a, an effect where they all sounded the same. Do you reckon it works
1: the other way around? Do you reckon if you put on Never Gonna Give You Up and Speed It Up, he sounds like Kylie?
2: I haven't tried that, and I want to now.
1: There
2: you go. I so wish I had the, a Rick Astley single. <laughs> <Happy
1: birthday. laughs> um, do you know what I, What I think would be really good, right, is when Mark Ronson done the stuff where he'd done Valerie of Amy Winehouse and he done like all of them songs in that kind of Motan sort of yeah. stack yeah. sand, I'd like to hear all of them Stock Aitken and Waterman songs played like that. I'd like oh to my hear
2: it. That be, would be like and, my heaven.
1: Because it's like Stock Aitken Waterman. Like as much as a lot of people did sort of dismiss it as just being disposable pop, it yeah. was. Uh, it was like Motown of its time. It was just hit after, it, hit, after hit after hit of perfect pop songs. And hit Factory. It was. There was
2: actually. I think there was an album called Hit Factory. It was.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and it's just, I'd love to hear all of them songs played in like that kind of Motown soul style. Because like I It'd reckon it's so all cool. right. Yeah. Absolutely. I want I'm, to here hear, exactly. I'm here for that. Exactly. I want to hear a full soul version of Harder I Try by Brother Beyond. That's what I want to hear. (laughs) (laughs) Brilliant. Right. Um, Okay, for track five, let's move forwards now. Um, The song that soundtracked your years in Clubland, please, Laura.
2: You know, I weren't much of a clubber. My sisters took me clubbing. One of my – my sister, my eldest sister, was going out with a bouncer at the Ealing Boulevard Club. And she she took me when I was too young. Uh, did all my air. I looked like an absolute moron. But um, we got we got in. He he winked. He let us in. And I was about probably fifteen, sixteen. Um, I don't know where my mum must have thought I was, but anyway, we were out Ealing Boulevard, and um, I thought I was so cool because none of my friends were sort of clubbing at that age, not that I'm, you know. Um, and it was Rosie Gaines, close than close. I loved Garage. I still love Garage. Um, my sister's obsessed with Garage. She's got every Garage album going. So when we go round hers, we we you know. We get a drink on the go and we reminisce with our garage days. But yeah, Rosie Gaines, closer than close, I was obsessed with. And it was still going strong sort of two years later because I remember going clubbing when I was at the Brit school. So I was probably 16 when it came out. And then at the Brit school, I was 17 when I went there. So it's still going strong a year later because I remember being out at a club and us all going mad when it came on again. Um, Yeah, you know, all of those sweet like chocolate and... But now it would be a bit. It feels a bit poppy, actually. Doesn't feel garagey at all. Close think, and close, does
1: it? I guess that and sweet like chocolate were like the 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 more sort of commercial, you know, hits, yeah. weren't it? So maybe that's why they've they sound like that now. I mean, I still think they're absolute belters.
2: They're brilliant. I, that's probably why I like them, because they're so commercial. If, I, unfortunately, I don't have like you know, an eclectic taste in music. I, if I like it, and it makes me feel good, I'll often go, love it, love yeah. it, don't care, don't care if it's not cool, I love it, it makes me feel great.
1: <laughs> and so you, you touched on something earlier, you said about GAY, so once you'd kind of come out, did you then go and, and start, you know, going to the gay nights and stuff?
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I was going there before anyway because going to a musical theatre, drama college, you know, you've got yeah. a lot of gay male friends, so they're taking you out and you're having a lovely time, um, yeah, and GAY is all, it's all pop, it's all pop. Um it's or, or disco. Um it's never heavy in there, which is my kind of night out. Yeah. I you know, I I want a bit of melody and uh a sing song. And and then go to the bar and have a chit chat. I want I like this I like a balance, you know, yeah. I'm a typical Libran. Um so yeah, so for me finding G A Y and Heaven Heaven's a bit heavier sometimes with the music's a bit housey, but those sort of places yeah it was like perfect for me because I was amongst my own yeah in my total sort of um genuine uh authentic self and um and then loving the music at the same time because going clubbing when you were younger trying to be cool I-, I didn't enjoy although I loved a bit of garage it was all everything was too heavy for me the music and you had to be on something to enjoy it and I've just yeah I was like ah. I was too much of a nana. I've just, again, you know, growing <laughs> up with such cheesy music as a kid, yeah. and I, I, I craved it as an adult, and I still crave it now, you know. I want something I can have a good sing-song to, always.
1: Wonderful. Right, track six, Laura, let's take you home. A favourite song from an artist from your home county, please.
2: So, yeah, so I, I, the, the obvious one that sprung to mind, Freddie Mercury's from Felton was from film sorry um and uh, but then i, I thought oh, i might just dig a little deeper see who else is and i remembered hearing somewhere that sophie ellis bexter had come from hounslow so actually i, I googled it um a few days ago and i was like yes i was right amazing because i loved sophie ellis bexter um and I, I love that she's um had a bit of a resurrection of late and, um, I, yeah, I, I, and I, I loved Murder on the Dance Floor when it came out. Oh, it's a tune, um, It's a tune, and the video is really good. I don't know if you remember it. It's like mm. a strictly ballroom competition, and she's just um, uh, killing them off one by one or poisoning them or whatever. Um, and it was it, – I, I was like – I think she always got a bit of humour in her music as well, and I, I, I just think it's really cool, and I think she's quite cool. And, yeah, and I, I thought, you know what, I love that song, and it, I'll always – if there's an, a memory attached to a song, it'll it'll, it'll always stay with me. And um, Murder on the Dance Floor, when I was at drama school, we'd always try and our best to not do a bit of jazz and ballet um, in a, a, of a morning. So we had this jazz teacher, and um, he, he was gay and he was a, like a fabulous laugh. And we were like, let's learn the routine. So I had a routine, Murder on the Dance Floor. I don't even remember it. Uh, we went, let's learn that. And then we'll do it when he comes in the room and then we'll teach him. And then that'll just waste a lesson. Um, And I said, guys, I already know it because I love Sophie (laughs) Ellis-Bexter. And so I taught him the routine. We learned it over like a couple of days just so we could sort of bunk off an actual lesson of jazz. And yeah, he did. He learned it with us and it stuck with me. It was such a great day. And we uh, and uh, yeah, uh, do you know what I loved as well? I just loved that she sang in her accent. You could hear the London accent creeping in and. Um, I just love that. I think she's, I think she's top bird. I think she's
1: really cool. Do, uh, do you know what? She's super cool. And I, um, did you ever hear her, her band before she went solo?
2: I've heard bits. Yeah, they were cool.
1: Because I, Cause I, I remember there was just like this kind of word was going around on the band scene that there was this, this girl that was the daughter of Janet Ellis from blue Peter. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> and it was like, she's got an indie band called the audience. And I was like, all oh, right. And, uh, and she does some great records on that. And then when that sort of fizzled out, she done the uh, Groove Jet tune, didn't she? The Spiller. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's an absolute club classic as well.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's it, it, yeah, it's uh, yeah. She's um, uh, yeah, a big fan. I'll have to go back and listen to that band actually, because. I'd forgotten about it. Yeah. Obviously, when I Wikipedia, when when I Googled her and was looking at her wiki page, and it had said that she'd been in that band, I went, oh my God, of course. Yeah. And I sort of could sort of remember a couple of the tunes, but I'll have to go back and listen because. i do remember them being cool
1: and she's kind of just like you said had a massive kind of resurgence in lockdown she's literally just been throwing discos in her front room every week hasn't she yeah it's
2: in her kitchen yeah she's doing yeah and i think cause she's got a few kids isn't she and um yeah and uh that's it, it was just so lovely to have that back and um and then she was on i think she was on graham norton the other night and um I think it was, she re-released Disco Tech, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah. That's a tune. Mm. Um Yeah, and I, I just, I, I thought, I, I, I hadn't, I'd sort of remembered she was from Hounslow, um, and that's why I picked her, because I, I loved that song, and I think she's a cool artist that um, we forgot about, and now she's obviously come back. It's, yeah, just forefront of my mind.
1: Great choice, great choice. <laughs> All right, for the last track, Laura, I'm going to ask you a song that many people may not know that you would like them to hear?
2: I nearly picked a Chas and Dave.
1: Which one would you have gone for?
2: <sighs> probably London Girl.
1: Oh, lovely. Which, you see,
2: I feel like everyone knows, but unless you know Chas and Dave, you probably don't know yeah. it. Um, oh, and yeah. I love that. I,
1: <laughs> I tried to book them to play my wedding, right? <laughs> Did you? But this was like, I reckon this was, what, 12 years ago Maybe no, maybe fifteen years ago, and uh, and and I was speaking to their agent and at the time I think they'd kind of sort of split up for a bit or they'd sort of fallen out again. Right, right. And uh, and they went, Look, it's a lot of money for Chaz and Dave, but I can do you Dave for a grand <laughs> And I was like I can't. and I was like, Do I get and with that or is it just Dave? Like I just thought that was brilliant. Like, ladies and gentlemen, like, Dave. You
2: yeah, get back in track and Dave, yeah.
1: yeah. I was like, oh. no. Nah.
2: <laughs> I wonder how much Chaz was then. I reckon. His,
1: like, yeah, I don't know. More. Yeah, he, he, they weren't going to tell me how much they both were because, uh, yeah, I think that was a fair few quid. But uh, oh, it's gosh. so weird. I think, like, growing up sort of in, in London and the outskirts of London as well, for me, there was just that greatest hits of Chaz and Dave. Whenever there was a family party, that just went on. Everyone would be having a sing-song with Chas and Dave.
2: Always. Uh, my, my brother's uh, wife, when she first sort of uh, encountered one of our family knees-ups, uh, we put Chas and Dave, and I went, oh, do you know this one? You know, And she was like, no, I don't know any Chas and Dave. And she's like from Felton. She's like a Londoner. And she didn't know any Chas and Dave. Like she knew Rabbit. Yeah. But she didn't yeah. know Sideboard or yeah. you know, no pleasing your Gertrude. Yeah. I mean she loves them all now, obviously. But yeah, it's um it's mad to me because some people aren't familiar at all. They know Rabbit, but yeah, uh, yeah. so I, I was toying with a Chaz and Dave. But then um, I was and then I, th- I thought about a song which I just adore. It always gets me in the feels. And it's, it's called Be Careful, which was originally by Patti Griffin. But this version that I fell in love with is by a cabaret artist, uh, singer, actress um, called Meow Meow. Um, she's an Australian actress, uh, singer. And I think her, her real name's Melissa Madden Gray. Um, and I first saw her in Edinburgh and she blew me away. Um, she sings like German songs and French songs and she's hysterical. You know, you, you spend the whole hour just laughing at her. And it's what is, sort... is
1: it comedy or performance art? Or well,
2: it's, yeah, it's like, it's, it's kamikaze cabaret. It's, yeah. um, but she's also really funny, but then, you know, she'll just kick you in the gut with a really heartfelt kind of song. And what she does is she'll get an original and she'll, mix it up and she'll either sing it in German or she'll she'll just change the the melody slightly and, and she she just slows down, be careful, because the the original by Patty Griffin is quite folky and it sort of moves along at a sort of faster beat than Meow Meow's version. Um but it's like um I, I, have you ever heard it? I haven't, no. Um it's it's basic. it's like it's a bit of a tender anthem, I suppose. It's about the power of women for me and how special they are, you know, they're um it's it's like um but there's a warning in there so it's sort of like you know I think it's a be careful how you bend me be careful how you mend me careful how you set um end me be careful with me and it's just so beautiful and it it, it it she talks about women all the different women what they're like what we expect of women women are always there and then it's but be careful with us because we're brilliant and we're we're tender but it 's sort of a warning in as well because we're powerful, so don 't fuck with us as well at the same time <laughs> it 's beautiful, I love it and i she I bawled my eyes out when she when I saw her sing it in edinburgh um and then i and then I found the Patty Griffin version. I sort of did it the wrong way around um and uh, which I love, and i 've now like downloaded patty griffin 's albums I love them um See, that's a Patty Griffin. I'll pop pop on a walk, you know. Go on a walk, and I want to feel, you know, have a little think.
1: What sort of style is that then? What is sort of Patty Griffin style?
2: She's like folk. Okay. Uh, Yeah, it's yeah, singer-songwriter type stuff. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um, It's got the Joni Mitchells about it, I suppose. That kind of stuff. Um, Yeah. Beautiful. Um, I don't know. I think she's American. I'm almost certain she's American. It's got a bit of a country vibe to it as well. Um, also love a bit of country. Uh, so, yeah, so th- that would be the, the one I would say go and have a listen to. Particularly, I think it would really resonate with women. Wonderful. Yeah, it's beautiful.
1: Well, we put together a Spotify playlist to accompany this chat, Laura, so people can go and check out all the songs uh, that we've spoken about today. Um, as we find ourselves kind of easing into a, a, a very strange and uncertain year, um, mm. hopefully with, you know, a, a wonderful outcome at some point where uh, we return to an element of, of normality. What are you looking forward to most that can come from this year and what's coming up professionally?
2: So, uh well, professionally I've got, I'm filming a second series of King Gary. Wonderful. We start, in a few weeks actually middle middle of feb we're starting i
1: just want to say that is an incredible tv show laura it's absolutely wonderful
2: oh thank you yeah it's um it's such a joy um it's um amazing to make telly uh it's, it's it's a family sitcom and it's amazing to make tv for my kind of people yeah if that makes any sense yeah um uh, yeah and uh, you know tom davis and james the who write king gary it's just it's brilliantly done it's really hard to write a family sitcom it's hard and for it to still have an edge of coolness about it yeah. and not feel too you know um but yeah uh uh so we're going to uh, film a second series of that which i'm really excited about and you know please god everyone stays well and stuff covid um uh s- securely obviously um and then, personally, though, I just I, just dying for a lovely dinner and a glass of wine with my friends and family.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That,
2: that's it, right? I don't need to go to a pub. I don't need to go to a club. Um, I know some people are gagging, chomping at the bit to get in the you know a pub and whatever. But I, for me, just to be able to go round a mate's house, yeah, and have a lovely dinner and sit and and drink and not be worrying about am I too close? Yeah. Should I take the wet wipes around with me?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. It, uh, That's it,
2: isn't it? That's it. You know, and to see, I, I, you know, I really miss my family. I miss. I miss seeing my um, the the my nieces and nephews for nearly a, you know long nearly a year now, a long time. Um, so that gets you down, doesn't it? But you've got to keep going, and hopefully one day this will all be something that just I was like, God, do you remember when that happened?
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully it's not too far off. Hopefully these vaccinations are going to kind of uh, bring, a, bring a close to this uh, yeah. awful awful moment. Um, look, I've had an absolute blast. Thanks so well, much for your time.
2: I've really enjoyed it. And I've, it was so lovely just even pre this to sort of go back and listen to those, to those tracks and go, oh, my God.
1: Yeah. Lovely. Life, eh? <laughs> well, I'll let you get back to your, your Jason and Kylie poster. And uh, and I'm going to go and sling on some Brother Beyond. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Laura, thank you so much, mate. Oh,
2: thanks for having me.
1: Pleasure. There you go. How lovely was Laura? What a great chat. And, uh, yeah, so uh, I mentioned at the beginning, um, if you enjoyed that and you'd like to hear other chats with wonderful actors and comedians and musicians then go and have a look in the archives you can find out you can go to www.offthebeatandtrackpodcast.com to access that or just search off the beat and track podcast on itunes spotify acast wherever you get your podcasts from um i'm on all the socials um i say all the socials there's more now i'm not that down with the kids but i'm on facebook twitter and Instagram, so if you see us over there, give us a like, love, share, retweet and uh, and spread the love and uh, and if you've got pals that like hearing wonderful people talking about their creative journeys and records, then um yeah, tell them all about off the beaten track um Thanks ever so much for listening and getting behind this podcast It's much appreciated. um stay safe, everybody, and be excellent to one another and I'll see you soon much love bye bye i've got an announcement: Save our souls clothing www.sosclothing.co.uk. Why am I telling you this? Because they're our official sponsor. Yeah, that's right. Go and check them out because their clothing is off the scale. You're going to love it. So they've decided they want to be our sponsor, which is amazing. And what I have to do is I have to tell you about why they're amazing. So here's a little bit of blurb. So they've only been going a year. And they're based in Southend-on-Sea, just up the road from me. They put the company together based on a, a love of tattoos and alternative music. And they've worked with some of the greatest artists around the world to produce these items of clothing that are as unique as you lot. All the designs are printed using biodegradable, sustainable and water-based inks. In addition to that, they only print on garments made by members of Fair Wear Foundation. I mean, come on, great clothing and a conscience. So if you head over to www.sosclothing.co.uk, do a bit of shopping, see what you like, throw it in the basket, and then on the way out, put in the discount code BEAT15. B-E-A-T-1-5. And that'll save you 15% off. Amazing, right? www.sosclothing.co.uk official sponsors of off the beaten track podcast it's off the beaten track podcast on the distraction pieces network with me stew whippin
0: hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter